Growing up, my parents encouraged me to drink milk nearly every day. I had it in my hot chocolate, cornflakes, or just as a glass full of milk. Milk is generally associated with a high nutritional value, especially with calcium and protein in a lot of societies. It took me years to question my dairy consumption. But then I started asking myself questions like how good or bad is dairy for us as well as the environment? And what are the alternatives? Welcome to episode 3 of 2 Minutes to Midnight, a global podcast for a global problem. My name is Ayushi Shah. And I'm Julia Brunner. In today's episode, we're going to skim through milk, quite literally. Figure out what is good and what is bad, and how it impacts us, and how it impacts the environment. Ice cream, cheese, butter. Milk is literally everywhere. But actually, besides humans, no other species drinks milk beyond their natural age of weaning or drinks the milk of another species altogether. Milk does actually not suit the nutritional needs of humans. So it's no wonder that consuming it can cause us many problems. And not only to us, but also the environment. Because uh, according to WWF, 144 gallons of water is used to produce one gallon of milk in the US. And more than 93% of all of this water is used to grow food for dairy cattle. Now, when I first read this, I was wondering how much food does the cow really eat? The answer is, an average American cow eats 45 kgs of food every single day. That's a lot. That's like... I mean, it's been a few years when I weighed 45 kilos, but... Hoy. That's a lot. That is a lot. That is a lot of weight. And imagine like this like every single day. But it's only natural because these cows weigh anything between 360 and 1,800 kilos. Another big, big problem with, you know, like milk and the dairy industry is that these cows that are often labeled range free, they produce vast amount of greenhouse gases that warm our planet immensely. And methane is an extremely potent greenhouse gas that is released by these cows. And it's almost 30 times more powerful than carbon dioxide. Yeah, and like for those of us who are wondering how do cows like get, like where does the methane from cows come from? They're actually burping and farting a lot when they digest um, the food that they consume. I'd never want to travel with a cow in the metro. It would be such a nightmare. That sounds like, oh my gosh, like... Not a good idea. Please, people, leave your cow at home if you have one. Do not take it to the metro with you. <laughs> yeah, and do not consume its milk. But more about that later. Um, again, another, when we also talk about like health effects on us human beings, cows are often pumped with preventive antibiotics. And this is because the farms that they sort of are in are extremely cramped. And there is a high chance that some of these animals might catch one disease and it could spread very easily. So these preventive antibiotics are just like given to them from time to time because they're in filthy farm conditions more often than not. And this rampant overuse of them causes a surge in antibiotic resistant bacteria. Yeah, and it actually is really bad for us humans because um, 
antibiotic-resistant anti bacteria means that, for example, if the cow has a virus that is antibiotic-resistant uh, antibiotic and you get it as a human and you go to the hospital and the doctor gives you an, an antibiotic, it might not work because your um, the virus is uh, resistant against it so they might try another one or another one but they might also not work because when it's multi-antibiotic or resistant nothing can basically work on it so you might die because of a simple infection milk has been associated with loads of nutritional benefits for us humans for example um, that it has loads of calcium but that calcium isn't necessarily good for you um, just to remind ourselves, calcium is important uh, because it builds a healthy bone structure and um, good teeth in our body and it also maintains the bone, bone mass. But studies actually show that um, milk can speed up osteoporosis, which means that bones actually lose calcium and then they get porose. And another reason why milk is so popular is because of protein. And protein serves as a source of um, energy and it builds and repairs muscle tissue. And the milk protein, which is called casein, there have also been studies um, that link it with an increase of cancer. So milk can have benefits, but we are not really sure if those benefits exist even. And they can even be bad, like we just said, with calcium and protein. And right. And then you see people across the world becoming increasingly lactose intolerant, or at least becoming aware of the fact that they're lactose intolerant. And... I feel like it's just your own body's way of rejecting external milk. Yeah, and I mean, like lactose intolerant means that your body can't, like, it just can't digest um, dairy products. And approximately 65% of the human population actually isn't able to digest lactose um, correctly after infancy. And especially East Asian people or people of East Asian descent actually have 70 to 100% of those people um, can be affected by lactose intolerant. And now we might ask ourselves, why is there a concept about milk being so wonderful when we just talked about several disadvantages of it? Of it? The answer is simple. Advertisements. I mean, the dairy farms are extremely organized, heavily funded and well marketed. So chances are, if no matter which country you're from, if you were growing up, you definitely have seen an advertisement promoting and propagating how good milk is for your children and how good it is and how important it is for their bones to grow and for them to grow. And uh, just like, and this is an extremely organized system where messages are poured out very, very carefully. Like for example, the Dairy Checkoff program is an industry, um, is an industry funded program in the US and it has a very, very profound impact on how Americans choose to consume. It is naturally promoted by the dairy industry. And when an industry promotes something, they want you to consume the products at whatever cost. Again, there's a lot of messaging that's put out uh, that propagates the nutritional value of milk. And to fund this effort, dairy farmers even agree to pay a small fee based on the weight of the milk that they sold. So. This is on a smaller scale, but on a larger scale, there's a lot of corporate lobbyism that occurs as well. Yeah, definitely, and in other countries as well. But um, there's another problem, and it's like food guides and the conflict of interest in them. Like food guides are n normally brought out by um, the government where they kind of tell you what food you should eat because it's good for you. 
but there are food guides that are sponsored, for example, by the dairy industry. And what, what does the dairy industry want? Of course, it wants you to consume their products. So for them, it's very beneficial to put into those food guides that milk is a very beneficial um, product for you as well. Food is so personal. And beliefs around food are such an important part of our core. Like say, for example, milk is a center to a lot of our food habits since we were children. And what again is more personal than food? And politics, right? I mean, we just came out of Veganuary, which actually promotes um, veganism for one month. And now apparently a thing that's called Febru Dairy is going on. And I mean, it's of course sponsored by the dairy industry and it's all about money as well. And to be fair, over here, we're not trying to say that the dairy industry and the farmers um, in question are trying to stuff cancer down our throats or fill us up with diseases. It's just that it has been going on a certain way for very, very long. And a lot of livelihoods do depend on the industry. But we've reached the stage, you know, climate wise and health wise as well, where we have to ask ourselves at what cost to the earth and what cost to our own health. Yeah, definitely. But we can also see like how strong the dairy lobby is. Um, for example, in the EU, we have a law now that states that you can't call plant-based alternatives milk. For example, if you go to a supermarket and you want to buy soy, uh, you won't find soy milk, but only soy drink, because under law, you're not allowed to call it milk. What is also interesting is that like producing a glass of dairy milk results in almost three times more greenhouse gases emi gas emissions than any plant-based milk. And it also consumes nine times more land than any of the milk alternatives. And if you multiply these statistics by like consumption every single day by every person on the planet or many people on the planet, it sort of like explodes. Now, the question is, if not dairy, what are the other options? Just to shake things up a little bit today, we will have a taster session where we try different kinds of plant-based drink alternatives while we discuss the advantages and disadvantages compared to milk and also each other. So a little bit of ASMR in today's episode. Cashew, almond, soy, oat, coconut rice. The options? for an alternative plant-based drink, in quotes, <laughs> are endless. And, um, you know, before we sort of get into this conversation, we just want to put up a little disclaimer. We are extremely mindful of the fact that we're in the UK right now, where supermarkets have a plethora of options available. The same may or may not be the case for you and your country. Well, the good news is, you can make almost all of these at home, yeah, and we'll post our favorite receipt on Instagram, Yay. I would say. That sounds good. Yes, so keep an eye out for these recipes. Well, back to business. Yeah, so we've got four dairy alternatives here today. We have coconut, oat, soya and almond. So Ayushi, which one do you want to try first? I'd say almond, definitely okay, almond. Okay, let me get it. So first things first, always shake it. So, okay. Can you give me a glass? Yes. Okay. 
Okay, that was interesting. Was good. Yeah, let me just film mine. Okay. I feel like someone from MasterChef, but I'm just like, okay. <laughs> it does smell like almonds. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, it, it smells, yeah. Okay, let's try. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's been such a long time since I tried almond milk and it's so good surprisingly. I mean like it looks like milk. Of course it doesn't taste like it but uh -huh. I, would say you, I mean like you can definitely taste that it's a little bit like nutty um, like in the back when you yeah. like when you swallow but I like it. Like, yeah, yeah I really like it as well and I really like the fact like like you know I know that the other ones that we have here are unsweetened. But with um, almond, we have sweetened, which I think I'm really enjoying because I do like sweet stuff. Um, Texture-wise, it is a little bit thinner than dairy, but yeah. uh, delicious. Like, it's one of those things I could totally imagine myself just having on my own. Like, I don't think I'd mix it with cereal, necessarily. Yeah, yeah. Not you me. Can just, you can just drink it like that. I actually mm -hmm. did that once with one liter oh, in so one good. go. The good old times, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but I mean, like, Almond is good and everything, but um, it actually uses small amounts of farmland compared with other crops grown for milk, which is really nice. But on the other hand, it requires more water than other dairy alternatives, which is not so nice. Um, for example, a single glass requires 74 liters of water. Wow, that's way more than a shower on an average day at least. Yeah, I mean like you would need to shower for a while to get 74 liters of water, I would say. <laughs> but um, another problem also is that especially in the US, you need a lot of bees to pollinate um, the almonds and it puts the bees on a high pressure and last year a record number, over one third of the bees died by the season's end um, due to result of pressure and other environmental threats, which is not so nice. Wow, so we have mixed feelings about consuming almond. Yeah. Again, maybe if you're from a region that does grow a lot of almonds, the case could be a little bit more different, but we'll be discussing yeah. that later. Yeah. I mean, definitely. like if it's regional, then it might be better than other alternatives. Okay. So let me just like wash out our glasses. Yes. Yeah. Give me yours. Yes. Okay. So we wash. We washed out our glasses. Yeah, we are very sustainable here. Yes, yeah. New ones. It's also glass and not plastic. Yay! So, I want to choose next and I want to have coconut. I like Ooh. coconut. I'm kind of excited because I've never ever ever tried coconut. And uh, I've only used it to cook Thai curry and stuff like that, so... Yeah, wait, let me just fill it. Yeah, I'm a little bit skeptical also. And uh, Julia's filling it right now, but it definitely looks more watery it, than uh, it almond. It looks really white. Really white, really watery. Okay. Like wow. compared with almond, I think like it, you'd look at it, it's really, really white, like okay. snow white. <laughs> Cheers. Wait, wait, get me, let me get my shot glass. We're using shot glasses, to be honest. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. Oh yeah, that's coconut. <laughs> wait, let me just I check. There's no sugar in it, right? It's, oh, interesting. It's, it's, it's a little bit sweet, I would say, even though there's no sugar in it. I think um, now that I'm consuming a little more of it, the aftertaste. Um, yeah, I like the aftertaste of it. it. It is definitely naturally very coconutty. 
<clears throat> it scratches a little bit in the back of her throat, I think. It's not just, I'm not sure if it's just me, but I'm just like... Uh, feels fine to me, but maybe. Yeah, but it's, it's good. I it's mean, definitely much thinner than almond as well, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Do you think you'd agree? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but wh- where does it actually come from? Do you know that? Um, yes. Um, unfortunately, it comes from poor regions uh, of countries like Philippines, Indonesia and India. But pickers are often paid less than a dollar a day. So there is a certain amount of human exploitation behind this. Again, because coconut trees only grow in tropical climates, the pressure to meet global demands is causing a lot of exploitation of workers. And alongside that, destruction of rainforests. And with everything recently happening with the Amazon and forests in Indonesia, I don't think we can afford to sort of, you know, mess with rainforests right now. So it's simple, you know, if at all you want to choose something that's coconut based. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely say use fair trade um, just to make sure that there's no human exploitation and also that um, rainforests are protected. So let's watch our Yeah, cup. I'm just oh, going to finish. I'm going to finish my coconut milk. No, sorry, drink. 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 My coconut drink. It's, it's interesting. So next pick is yours. What do you want to have? I would say soy milk. Soy. I would say soy drink. (laughs) You need to learn it. (laughs) Yes. I don't want to get sued for this. (laughs) Um, Okay. Give me a glass or like hold it here. So um, soy again is a very interesting option for me because back in India we do not have a lot of dairy alternatives but we do have a lot of soy. Yeah, it looks yellowish a little bit, I would say. Uh Do you agree? Yep. Oh yeah, soy. It's just like... Uh, After coconut, (laughs) I can't. It's, It's a little bit... I'm not sure if it's bitter or... It's uh, it's hard to describe. It's again a little bit thinner than almond. Um, I think that the the thing is also that it's unsweetened, which is why it lacks a little bit of like that flavor balance. Yeah, I think like soy actually is my least favorite one because of the aftertaste. Yeah, I can't really describe it. It's just like a little bit. You can just really taste that it's different. Yeah, and it's like um, maybe like. A bean, like soybeans. You can really taste the bean <laughs> out of it. Maybe that's it. Yeah, and it has a very distinct smell as well, and I'm not sure if I like it. Yeah, it's just like you can always taste if it's soy. You can always taste if it's soy. Okay. Yeah. But on the other hand, soy actually is the joint winner of the sustainability scale compared to all the other plant based alternatives. And it also offers a protein mixture that's kind of comparable to dairy which is beneficial if you just want to like skip from dairy to go to something that's close to um, nutritional value but there are also some people who fear that the proteins in soy negatively affect their bodies but you would actually need to consume a huge amount of soy to have negative effects and recent studies have even found that a moderate amount of soy is healthy especially for women yay Unfortunately, this soy, while it is grown in mass quantities around the world to feed livestock for meat and dairy production, 
large parts of the rainforests in Amazon are burnt to make way for these soy farms. In fact, in some countries like the US and Canada, that becomes a big problem because um, the soy sort of like can be consumed there. Yeah, it's but, GMO soy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but in the European Union, for example, this soy is not allowed. And just to put it in context, it's because it's genetically modified soy. Uh, so, for example, if you were to consume soy drink in the European Union, it is probably better. Chances of it being like good for the environment are more. Are better, yeah. Um, so now our last pick, my all-time favorite. It's oat. It's oat. Yeah. Okay, give me first. Give me your glass that I can. Yes, I'm like, just gonna switch it out. Clear our glass a little bit here. Clear it. So okay, here we go. Okay, I'm excited about this one because again, it's a favorite as well. Okay, it looks, I would say pretty much like milk. Uh-huh. It doesn't really, does it smell like anything? I'm not really. I love it. I absolutely love it. Is it sweet? Oh, yeah. No, right? Uh, let me check. It just... It's not sweet. No, it, like it's just natural sweetness that oats have. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's amazing. I would say it's, it's like rich in flavor. I feel like I'm doing oat advertisement here, <laughs> but yeah. like it's just like I have to say it, it's my all-time favorite. Uh, same here as well. Like I can totally see myself putting it in cereal, using it for cooking, drinking it on its like drinking it by itself. Yeah. And um, you know, an interesting thing is like like I said, back home we only have soy as an alternative to uh, dairy milk. So I try to make my own oat milk and. Uh, it was interesting. It's a learning experience, I would say. <laughs> it is. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like, it doesn't only taste good, it's also good for the environment. Because it has low CO2 emissions, and land use and water use is also pretty low compared to other alternatives, and especially to dairy. And it can be grown in colder climates compared to coconut, for example. Yeah, and I mean, there are also a lot of oats already being farmed, um, just at the moment it's used as animal far um, as animal food so we could just like switch from feeding oat to animals and just feeding the people so we don't need more farmland which is also really good i would say so um, another very interesting thing about the plant-based drinks that we have in front of us is that you know we often talk about like nutritional value and compare it to dairy etc but um, almost all of them say that they're enriched with uh, iodine, vitamin D, vitamin B12, and they have as much calcium as cow's milk. So there's obviously like a little bit of nutrition adding at the end, yeah, yeah. which makes it just as good, if yeah. not the same. Yeah, but on the other end, it also says that it's not organic because with organic, you're not allowed to mix anything in it. Uh -huh. But it, it's still better than dairy, which is nice. It, uh, yeah, I think I think this is, you know, where we all take our own sort of calls, but... Um, as somebody who has a sort of um, made a little bit of transition and is in between vegetarianism and veganism, I do acknowledge the fact that it does not taste like dairy. But I think in my journey, I have realized that it doesn't have to. Yeah, definitely not. I mean, like, it's just 
training of your taste buds. And what I really like about all those options is like with milk, it basically tastes the same. But like with all the alternatives that you have, like the plant-based ones, like if you if you want to have coconut, you can have coconut. If you <laughs> want to have almond, you can have almond. And it's just like everything tastes different, which is That's really true. nice, I think. And what is also, again, interesting is that even with almond, you can find like chocolate-flavored almond milk. So, you know, there are like options and then there are like mini options inside those options. Yeah, to sum up, no matter which plant drink you consume, they're all better for the environment than animal milk. Also, it's best to choose organic because industrial farming uses massive amounts of fertilizers and pesticides. Choose locally as well. Time for the tips. Tip number one, watch The Game Changers and or Fox Over Knives. Both of them are extremely good documentaries about choosing a non-dairy based lifestyle. Tip number two, make your own non-dairy milk. And like we said earlier, we will post our try on our social media channels. Tip number three, ditch dairy altogether. And we do know that it can be a difficult move to make, but like we always say, these tips are of varying intensities. So depending on where you are on your climate journey, you can follow them. Thank you for listening to episode three of Two Minutes to Midnight. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Minutes to Midnight Podcast for the latest updates on the show and see how we try to make our own oat drink. <laughs>